Good evening, everybody. It is Monday, December 12th, and it's 10 dozen minutes of Jick and Mr. Skullhead. I am Mr. Skullhead, and Jick is on the line. Mm-hmm. How jolly How you doing, Mr. Skullhead? How jolly do you want to be? Oh, I don't know. I think I was jollier when I actually answered the call. Right. They've uh, they've put like a like a moist gray lid on my part of the world. It's awful. It's it's hmm. it's it's killing my buzz. We've got that too. We're supposed to by this point be have be under like six inches of snow at least. And there. No, I mean, I'm under six inches, but uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah. There's nothing on the ground but uh, ground. Oh yeah, out here it's just muddy, moist. Yeah, that's dry. We're super dry, too, which is bizarre. What has happened to the world? It's like the climate has changed. I don't know that... I don't know that anything that's actually happening is demonstrably a result of global warming. Oh, sure. But uh, it's fun to say. Sure, yeah. No, it's, I, you know. hey, let's, 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 uh, let's talk about politics and the weather at the same time, Mr. Skelhead. <laughs> Uh, no, seriously, it's been it's been like a like just a like a shit sandwich on shit bread for the last like last few weeks actually. My my mood my mood is in the turlet. Not not getting any exercise, not doing any not yeah, not not eating McDonald's for every meal. That isn't true. I was gonna say I don't see that happening with you. Yeah. Um Now, I don't remember the last time I ate something from McDonald's. Yes, I do. It was on the way to Vegas. I tried to get a McRib, but they were out of McRibs. So, so do you... Uh, what did you end up getting? I don't remember. Some kind of sandwich that I had never heard of before. Like a country chicken? Oh, yeah. They had the little chickeny things. Yeah, it was just a, It was just like a chicken sandwich. Um, just like chicken and pickles on a bun. I don't know what country that is. <laughs> A country oh, where they've never heard, or they've never heard of lettuce. Yeah. Um, and I asked for it with no mayonnaise, and it doesn't come with mayonnaise. But they wrote no mayonnaise on the ticket anyway. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, I went up into the mountains yesterday uh, at the crack of dawn uh, with uh, with our buddy Pez and his dad, and uh, got got permits to cut Christmas trees and cut Christmas trees. I heard that they ended up pretty uh, scrubby. Uh, mine, it's not scrubby. It's uh, it was about my height uh, when it was on the ground, um, and and I dug out a little bit around it so we could cut it a little lower. And in the Christmas tree stand, it's like it's like actually pretty good Christmas tree height. It is uh, <clears throat> it's sparser than a tree you'd buy at a at a place where trees have been selected for. Uh, Appearance among a million candidate trees, as opposed to uh, selected for availability. Because uh-huh. um, we really were just kind of wandering around a sort of high desert uh, evergreen forest, uh, dominated by three species of tree. Only one of which was even remotely Christmas tree. What did the other ones look like? Well, so they suggested. Th- so there, there were ponderosa pines, junipers, and pinion pines. Pinion pines look like a Christmas tree, right? They have the like branch with the maybe inch, inch and a half long needles spreading sure. out in every direction. Um, juniper, I don't know why they even say that the Christmas tree permit entitles you to cut a juniper if you want, because who the fuck wants a juniper tree? It's just like a weird tree. 
right. barely even. It, it doesn't even really look like a pine tree. Because after Christmas, you can have you can make gin out of it, right? Yeah, so. you can make gin. Yeah, to celebrate uh, to celebrate. Because didn't Jesus eat some juniper berries in yeah, the Bible? I, I vividly remember that. Yes. Um, yeah, because that's weird. Like a lot of people, I feel like don't ever get any exposure to juniper berries. I never saw. I was not aware of junipers until I moved to Arizona. But yeah, I can't imagine eating that. Apparently it's an important source of food for wildlife, but fuck that, man. It's like all the disadvantages of gin and none of the drunk. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so I'm looking at a juniper. I'm just going to call them bushes. Yeah, they're really bush. I mean, they, they will grow to like a tree size, right? <clears throat> That's weird. The problem that you have, uh, apparently, in this part of the forest with a uh, pinion pine is that I, I don't know if like pinion pines are especially susceptible to wind or what but almost a hundred percent of them are growing very close to another taller tree and so they just don't end up with any branches on one side uh-huh. um, and so you either have to get one that like started out and then the tree behind it died and fell over and it grew and then you can cut like the top part of it off which looks like a Christmas tree or I just happen to get lucky and find this one that I don't know. I saw it and I was like, you know, that is not exactly like an in your mind's eye Christmas tree. But like, this is this is the tree that I want. Right. So I'll, I'll get that shit decorated up. It'll be festive. It'll be holly fucking jolly. I gotta do something to counteract this weather, man. This weather, man. It keeps slipping me barbiturates. Right. I call him the weather man. He's really just my barbiturates dealer. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I don't know. Are barbiturates those pills you take that make you depressed? I think sleepy. Malaise pills. Right. Mm. How have you been? Did you get a tree? We got one. We went out to our... Um, I never know what to call them. My mother-in-law's cousins own a tree farm, and they or own a piece of land that used to be a tree farm so they don't really like cultivate the trees anymore but there are a bunch of them out there and they just keep growing and okay. new ones sprout up every year so we got ourselves a nice balsam balsam yeah. is it very light yeah uh, no are you gonna make an airplane out of it after you're done using it as a christmas tree i was sad to learn that there was a difference between balsam and balsa wood because mm-hmm. there was some joke that i wanted to make about that and then i couldn't uh-huh. Like, ah. I learned so that uh, when I uh, dated a girl whose last name was Balsam. Huh. When I made a joke about it, and she was like, well, actually. And he was like, yeah, so, you know, it's okay for you to know that. Yep. You would think that she would. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I know that there's a difference between uh, uh, Morningwood and Johnson. Exactly. You know the difference there- between a Peter and a Johnson. Yes. Uh, yeah, so you went... I guess you, you don't... Uh, cousins definitionally share a progenitor, right? So you... Like, cousins by marriage are really just sort of nothing. Right. I'm not like sure cousin, how the... cousin-in-law, I guess. I don't think that even really goes anywhere. So this is... Jess's grandmother's sister's child. So that would be Jess's first cousin once removed... Okay, I don't know how that right? shit works. Or so, so it's the removed. Is it like we saw we for whatever reason in one of the classes that I took in high school, they gave us a chart that explained it. And a, as I understand it, 
It is. The, the degree to which you are a cousin is the number of steps back your common ancestor is, which is why people who share a grandparent are, like, people who share a parent are brother and sister. People who share a grandparent are first cousins. People uh-huh. who share a great-grandparent are second cousins. And if you are at different... If you are in different generations, right? right. So, like, your second cousin's parent is... A second cousin once removed. Oh, I see. That well, may then, not be true. That might be a first cousin once removed. I learned <laughs> the, something the, today. It might not be the, true. Yeah, the removed. The removed is the difference in is the difference in generation. Like if you are if you have the same number of steps between you and the common ancestor, then uh-huh. there is no removed. Gotcha. So, but I don't remember. I don't remember where it gets the title from. Yeah, I don't know the difference between first and second cousin. It's really cool, though. Like, they have a little cabin in the middle of the this kind of uh, managed forest, and so we go out there and go cut the tree, usually tromping through snow and all bundled up and seeing your breath and cheeks getting all nice and numb so that when you come inside and have your hot cocoa, it's worth it. And uh, It was 40 degrees and dry. It was weird. I've never seen the ground out there because we only go out there at Christmas time and strange but we got the tree we uh we cut it just the right size and then we brought it home and cut three more feet off it because we don't know what the right size is i mean the goal is to get it as close to the ceiling without touching it as possible like i want it to be as tall as it can be well is it i mean uh, do you not put a tall thing on top of the tree well plus the tall thing on top of the tree like an angel a star it was always an angel growing up for me but i've always done a star yeah, we had a we had an angel that was holding two little like light bulb candles and would kind of move back and forth a little bit growing oh. up. So that was classy. My dad always told the the joke about Santa having a really bad year and the elves were on strike and Mrs. Santa was mad at him about something and the reindeer were all sick. This angel walks in and says, "Hey Santa, what do you want me to do with this tree?" <laughs> that was that was my dad's joke about the angel on top of the Christmas tree. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Does that mean then that all angels are that size? <laughs> Apparently. Well, I mean, it could have just been a really big tree and what right. we're looking at is just a recommendation of it. Hey, Santa, what do you want me to do with this 400-foot tree? <laughs> I like, so, yeah? I like mixing the two uh, mythologies like that, too. Yeah, yeah, Well, because why was there an angel? Like, well, Santa was there and Jesus came by and was like, hey, what's up? Brought my angels to chill. And then one of the angels was being mouthy. So how'd you do? How'd we do? Getting your tree. The right height. We got it up. I just put it in the stand tonight. We're letting it fall. Because they they have a... a copy of Stephen King's The Stand that you've hollowed out and filled with water. We let it... uh, We actually had it all bailed up, too, because they have the coolest machine in the world, which is the Christmas tree baler. Oh, that thing that wraps the, like, plastic chicken wire tube around it? They just use twine. Okay. But it's cool. It just comes in the, uh, like, the tree goes in one end of this thing that's open, so you can see what's going on, and you can watch the little spools circle around it. Oh, okay. Then you use a, you pull a lever to advance it, like, uh, six inches, say. So you let it make a circle and then advance it and make a circle and advance it. And it, it is just the most beautiful thing to watch for such a specific purpose. And every time yeah, they, I see it, I want one. 
but the one time know, I bought, I yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, it's, the the one time I bought a Christmas tree at like Target a few years ago, they had a thing that operated similarly to that, except that what it took was not spools of twine, but some sort of like, ah, it was like a a big donut made of tightly rolled plastic chicken wire. Uh huh. Um, and you would just you would push. You would tie you would tie it off in the center, like so. You've made like a spider web across this opening, and then you would push the Christmas tree through it, trunk first, yeah. and it would unroll like a, like rolling a condom made out of that wire down onto the tree in a in a fairly small radius. But it was designed so you could put it in like a car, uh-huh. like it, it it runs it down small enough to get it th- through a car window. Damn. Um, and then they cut it off on top, and then and then as like you get it home, and then you just run a run some scissors up the chicken wire condom. Run some scissors up like the chicken wire condom, everyone. Yeah, that was a uh, that was what they uh, used to say in the in the depression. <laughs> yeah, I don't really run the scissors up your chicken wire condom. Yeah, buddy. John Doe has the upper hand. <laughs> How do you? Uh, where do you land on? Uh, where do you land on Christmas decorations? What does your tree look like? Is it is it a garish hodgepodge? Is it a carefully crafted? It is. Uh, uh, it is most sure. certainly a garish hodgepodge. Everywhere we go in the world, we tend to buy an ornament, so that huh. every every time we pull them all out for Christmas, we remember all the places we've been. That's cool. Is that like? Do they sell ornaments everywhere all year round, or do you only travel around Christmas time? <laughs> it's hard to say because, like, most of them came from that big trip that was London and New York and Boston. And that was in January, okay. so maybe they hadn't cleared things out yet. But oh, so they were like yeah. a discount, discount. Well, like the the airport here has ornaments with Minnesota things on them all the time, mm-hmm. and the little like craft shops tend to have them because it, it is it's a thing that people do. You know, like some people collect spoons, we collect ornaments yeah. shaped like spoons, and then we have a bunch of stuff that like things from her childhood, things from mine. And then, like, a bunch of brightly colored balls that we bought a while back, you know, so... It's not all garish and... and But the overall effect is really just kind of random, which I like. I only put yeah. uh, I only put white lights on them, though. Yeah, I've started, I've started doing that. I feel like that's just a little nicer. Uh, you know what I've been seeing a lot of places around here are these crazy things that I'm not sure I like entirely... But they are like a, a string of individual lights that are maybe a foot or a foot and a half apart, and each of them consists of a like a foot and a half long tube with a line of LEDs in it that huh. like drip. They're they're animated to drip. Huh. And it's weird. Like it doesn't look Christmassy really or wintry even, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just man, you know what I saw. Speaking of which, on the way up to the place uh, was a lot of uh, up to the Christmas tree place was a lot of the like mountain passes that had been bombed out, resulting in little like sort of rough cliffs. You know, like like you encounter if you drive on a freeway up sure. here. Uh, but that were sort of in a lot of places had these just massive clusters of icicles on mm. various outcroppings of them. Like, I really, really like the way a big cluster of icicles looks on something natural. 
Sure. And I like icicles in general. Like they, 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 they have that sort of like random organic growth, like almost like decay on top of something. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a visual aesthetic that I'm uh, that I'm a big fan of. Yeah. You're a big so I don't fan know about these lights. Darkness. It just looks like it's dripping. You know, it looks uh, okay. So uh, like it's like winter rain, Christmas rain, <laughs> a rain of goodwill. Chocolate rain. <clears throat> so yeah, I don't know. Like I feel like if those things were slightly different, they would be really awesome. Uh huh. Um. The past? And I like the good old fashioned icicle lights. I feel yeah. like those were those were uh, invented in our lifetime. I remember a time when they weren't a thing, and then you know now they obviously are. Every year I fully intend to get into LED lights, but every year I look at the warm white glow of the filament lights, and I just can't bring myself to switch. If I can come up with an LED that's not blue, I'd go for it. Oh yeah, but there's nothing like the color of the just the regular clear Christmas lights. They're so warm and inviting. Yep. And you know the weird thing, I this porch outside of my house is where I spend a large amount of the time that I am at home. Oh. Um, and it is lit with a it is lit with a couple of strands of those icicle Christmas lights that I found that that were left behind in a house that I bought. Um. Mm. And it, these light bulbs, these individual little light bulbs, have, in almost each of their cases, lasted through like five years of almost daily, several hours at a time use. Right. And I don't understand what it is about Christmas light bulbs that makes them last a thousand times longer than household light bulbs. Unless, unless they don't. Right? Maybe there are some household light bulbs that I haven't changed in 10 years, and I just don't know that. Uh-huh. Right? So it's like a weird thing, right? There are definitely some fixtures where you're like, I just changed this. Right. But then there are definitely times when you go six months without needing to change a light bulb. It's so inconsistent, Mr. Scullet. But I got all these, I, I had one extra set of these that I took apart, and I'm like, all right, now I've got like, now I've got like a hundred... Uh, individual bulbs to replace bulbs in this thing with as they burn out right. and none have burned out none of them have yeah and I, I don't get it why do they last so long why can't they make everything out of the same stuff that they make these out of like couldn't, artificial hearts couldn't there just be clusters of those instead of incandescent bulbs you know I like the light it's it's very dorm room I guess you know, to have a room that's lit with Christmas lights. I haven't gotten over that yet. I plan on running a couple of strings in our basement when it's done. Yeah. It also seems like the basement is the place where you do that, you know? Yeah, or, or, the, or, on the, or the porch, case, like yeah. An outdoor, an outdoor patio. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, like, I'm, I'm, I've got another lamp out there in case I want to read. Because there's not enough light to read by with the Christmas lights. But, uh, there's enough to get your freak on by. You put lights out in your house? You put lights on your house? Yeah, I put, again, just the white, white strands around the all the front windows and the door. And okay. up the up and down the railings. I, again, am feeling uh, this, sort of, this sort of sting of being the only house in my neighborhood that has not gone apeshit with Christmas lights. <laughs> and they're about half tastefully done, half, oh, let's see what god-awful abortion of a giant brightly lit inflated monstrosity this person's added to the mix this year 
what I want is one of those, uh, you know, the, like the where you have a Santa that's splattered against a like a tree or your house or whatever. Uh-huh. I want to cover my entire house with those. <laughs> Just a Santa Holocaust. Yeah, or maybe like an alternate alternating those with uh, the witches on a broom that have that have also been splattered. Right. You know, I just keep thinking about the prospect of putting up Christmas lights and thinking, I don't want to do that. You know, it just, the idea of like climbing up a ladder, doing some shit, climbing back down the ladder, moving the ladder like three feet, climbing back up the ladder and doing some shit. Like, the fact that there's not a better way to do that makes me want to not do anything at all. Right. You know? Although some of this is apparently my house, I don't know if these work, but there are outlets along the roof for Christmas lights. <laughs> like that's apparently a thing they thought of when they built this place. Because I can't imagine anything else that they would be for. I mean, you could probably pay somebody a hundred dollars to do it for you. Yeah, that there's if like you really in previous them. years. Mm-hmm. In previous years, I have. You know, I'd have to buy the lights, and then I sort of have to, like, figure out what I want to do with them and how many I have to get. And then I'm like, well, so all I have to do is, like, sort of measure. And then I was like, well, but to measure it, i got to get up on a ladder. And it's like, you know, it's like, I don't know. How much money do I want to spend to then spend a bunch more money on electricity so that other people can look at a thing? Right. You know, because I'm never going to see that shit. Yeah, I like seeing it on mine when I drive by, but I also haven't, like, climbed up on the big tall ladder to put lights all the way up the peaks in the front. So this is stuff that, like, I've driven a nail into each corner of the window frame. I I drove a nail into each corner of the window, and then I replaced all of my windows. But then I just have to kind of string the lights around that, and it's super quick. Yeah, somebody was telling me about uh, these these gutters that they saw that had as a feature of the gutters a Christmas lights enclosure underneath them. Uh-huh. So you'd leave your Christmas lights in there and just go up and un- unhook the unhook the thing and hang the Christmas lights from under the gutters. I have seen just gutter clips for Christmas lights. Gutter clips was like. I would never go back to get my hair cut there again. <laughs> it's just like it was gross, and this just—I'm—I'm I'm pretty sure the stuff they used wasn't even shampoo. It wasn't just a bowling alley and a haircut place. It—it was, it wasn't shampoo. It was genuine poo. Well, you get what you pay for. It's, yeah, <laughs> God, I hadn't even gone the—I hadn't gone the uh, the bowling alley route. They—they they cut your—they cut your hair with a bowling ball. <laughs> You said you wanted a bowl cut. Oil the That would, you could probably do it, but it would take a really long time. Like you, you hang hair out and just hit two bowling balls against one another, and trying to catch the hair in between it and break it. Right. And you'd have to. You couldn't get it very close. You get a concussion. Yeah. Otherwise, you could just cut the entire head off. Uh. Yeah. You'd like. Uh, or like you those. get all the hair at once, along with the scalp. Yeah. Those apes in Congo. I've never seen Congo. Why would I have seen Congo? <laughs> I, I never saw it either. Well, it's got it's got your boy Tim Curry in it. That's true. He's in a lot of shitty movies. 
<laughs> that was a movie that uh, was playing when I worked at the movie theater, and so I saw the end of it like a hundred times. <laughs> um, it's got a guy who looks... They're in a hot air balloon. There's like a man and a woman and a monkey in a hot air balloon, and then one of the, the man... Uh, they're talking, and then the man pulls out a diamond, and they look at the diamond, and they look at each other, and then he throws the diamond into the jungle. Ah. That's so it's like the happens. end of Titanic, only with a monkey. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen the end of Titanic. That didn't uh, that didn't play while I was working at the theater. Uh, but no, in the, I, I listened to like an audio book of, uh, of Congo, and there were apes that would kill people with these big stone paddles that they had that they would smack together with your head in between them. Huh. That's how that worked. That's disturbing. Yeah. And I had one of those monkeys that had learned to smoke cigarettes. <laughs> Once they start smoking, that just means they're running with a bad crowd, and sooner or later they're going to be smushing your head between two stone paddles. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows a girl that. Who will, a girl who will smoke will smash your head between two stone paddles, and a girl who will smash your head between two stone paddles will do anything. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, when I decorate a tree, I'm trying to pop back up the stack. A little yeah, bit. let's do that. <clears throat> I should start taking notes so that we can do this more effectively. Um, so I did not, as like a guy who bought a Christmas tree of his own for the first time, did not own any ornaments. Uh-huh. Uh, all of the ornaments that I had accumulated up to that point had just gone, you know, into my mom's. Box of box of Christmas ornaments, and so I just went to Target and I bought all a fresh set of new Christmas ornaments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some, uh, and I switched to a, I switched away from a gold and red uh, to a uh, silver and blue uh, schema. Right. So I always thought of the balls on a Christmas tree are red, right? If you if you are a child and you draw <laughs> a Christmas tree, the Christmas tree is green and you put red balls on it. Yeah, red and green. If you have an extra crayon, sure. Yeah, but a green ball, you're not going to be able to see against the tree, right? Oh, shiny. Oh, if you have, like, a metallic. Sorry, yeah. Sorry. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, I just uh, it's like silver and uh, silver and blue, and I got some of those glass icicles, uh, just so there's something for the cats to ruin every year. Right. Oh, yeah, those, those are pretty, yeah. They are. I like them. And, and yeah, the white... Uh, I did get LED lights. I think. I think they're LED lights. They're weird and tiny. Are they blue? I think they're too small. They're too small to be incandescent. But they've got the they've got the switch to put them into different patterns of scintillation. Right. You know, I like a uh, I like a random fade in fade out pattern with my Christmas tree Christmas lights. Sure. Yeah, I like a twinkle. We have a set that does. It has a thing with nine settings, and they each have little names on them, and they all just kind of look spastic and weird. So. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the, the the weird is cool. It makes interesting shapes on the ceiling and the shadow, so I like that. Yeah, that's cool. You sit there with nothing, no light on except the Christmas tree. Do you leave the Christmas tree lights on at night while you sleep? Not while we sleep, but like since it gets dark at five o'clock here, we have plenty of time to have them on in the evening. In your northerly latitudes. Indeed. You need a change in latitude, Mr. Skullhead, and a change in attitude. That's true. You need to give me some latitude while I try to change my attitude. I need to give you some platitudes. Uh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, Mr. Skullhead. Thank you, thank you. Is that really a platitude? I, I think a platitude, platitude would be is. more like 
the past is a mystery, the past is history, the pre- the future is a mystery, and the present is a gift. Is, wait, really? Yeah. A platitude is a trite, meaningless, biased, or prosaic statement. See also, bromide language. What? What up, bromide? What is bromide? No, bromide. A platitude would be a go with the flow. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. We need to do what we can do. What? Oh. Yeah, bromide is a medication for your stomach to okay. make your stomach feel better, like an early version of Alka-Seltzer. Okay, like bro, yeah, bromo-seltzer, sweet. Yeah. Uh, so, describing a phrase as a bromide is meant to humorously imply that it is a boring statement with similar, similar soporific properties. I see. It's soporific, so say, That platitude was a real snoozer, bro. Uh, Giuseppe Verde. Bar- barbiturate story, bro. <laughs> Um Yeah, there's that joke about that bear. And the barbiturate. That, that can't get a beer because he is a drug addict. Yeah. Oh, boy. Shaggy dog stories, Mr. Skullhead. A brick. You got any other, uh, you got any other Christmas business to take care of? I don't think I have anything to report. A Yuletide, uh, Yuletide agenda items? Nope. I've been engaged in my, my my yearly plea for tolerance and understanding between Christians who are too easily offended and liberals who are too worried about offending people. Oh yeah, I haven't been exposed to anything along those lines. Am I am I not looking in the right places? Well, there's always the like in the Christian circles. There's the war on Christmas where people are slowly just eliminating Christmas from everything and calling everything holidays instead and. With the liberals, it's happy Christmas Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, which shut the fuck up. So yeah. Is somebody are people saying that like unironically? Yep. To be so inclusive. I thought that was a joke, though. Like, are you sure that's not a joke? I've are you sure that s- anyone seen, has ever said that and it wasn't a joke? No, I've seen people use it as just like, yeah, we're having a Christmas Hanukkah, Kwanzaa party. And you know, there's like a. Maybe a hint of irony there, but not really. It's just right. That's totally what you call it now. Because if you call anytime it that anybody says that, you should go pour some wine on their carpet, right? Because that's the only thing that we know about Kwanzaa. I was thinking kick them in the balls, but uh... how come how come Hanukkah gets its entirety in that portmanteau? Yeah, I don't know. I guess Kwanzaa kind of does too. Um, what Chris Mahana Quanzicus? Then everybody gets everything, right? Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Wow. I was I was not under the impression that that had ever been uttered in a non-ironic, uh, ironic way, or outside of a Gap commercial. Weren't they the ones that started that shit? Was it? I remember it was like a there or was old some maybe old, maybe like an old black man singing a song about Chris Mahana Quanzica, maybe. Uh, I, for whatever reason, I associate that phrase with an old black bluesman. Um, man, I fucking love, and I know this is tired and everybody's doing it, but I love looking up things on Wikipedia now because there is always a picture of a person and then the name of the thing that you're looking up as though it was that person's name. Right. And so the Christmas controversy is the name of this woman that I'm looking at right now. Hey, uh, she plays the, the... bromide and platitude. Oh boy! 
Uh, hey, did you see that post on uh, that post on Massively today about? Hey, check it out! A guy who worked on the Game of Thrones is wearing a Kingdom of Loathing T-shirt. <laughs> About we time. are, we are because because hot stuff always has to be the the killjoy, uh, killjoy candle pisser is actually his uh, his his given name his elf name, uh, yeah. Uh, there there is at least one person that we were aware of that works as a as a as a producer and showrunner who just bought a shirt at Comic Con because he thought the design was cool, right. uh, which may or may not be that guy. There are a bunch of people at Comic Con because our shirts are extremely cheap. At Comic Con, and because you know they're fucking cool shirts, there are a lot of people that buy those shirts that don't play KOL. Right. So, don't bother that guy. I guess is part of what I'm saying. Try to. Yeah, well, the the one thing that's really going to get him into the game if he wasn't is everybody going, dude. I saw your shirt. You should play. Do you play? Do you pl- you should play because it's awesome. Yep. Um, what I hope is that his. Uh, no, wait, never mind. I was going to say that I hope his middle name is, is B, because I thought his name was Don Weiss, but it's D.B. Weiss. I was thinking today, I don't know why I was thinking of this today, but I was thinking about uh, seeing Donald Glover on like the Craig, uh, Craig Ferguson show, and uh, about how his, uh, his Twitter handle was Don Glover, which just looks like Don Glover, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. So now I want everybody named Don to have a middle name. So I wanted him to be Don G. Weiss so that his Twitter name could be Don Weiss, which is like a beer made with weed. Yeah, and a terrible beer. Yeah. yeah. Terrible? Don't knock it until you've tried it, buddy. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, well, I've, I've had homebrew that Vaginal Blood Fart made, and I'm sure that he just dips his dick into every batch, so... He dips his dick into everything that he's ever given you or <laughs> shown you. Exactly. Just anything, anything that you know him to have been in the same room with, you have to assume that it's had his dick on or in it. Including his dick, which makes it... It's weird and recursive, and I'm not sure how he does it. Yeah, it's weird. That must be what's on top of that infinite stack of Ritz. Of Ritz crackers. <laughs> the, the best tasting possible thing is vaginal blood parts dick inside of itself. Ah. <laughs> uh, um... So yeah, the, there was there was that uh, that was a, that was us in the news, I guess. Yeah, it's weird that like we found out about that like maybe two weeks ago. Uh, like a handful of people told us, and then suddenly today everybody's all aware of it again. Like I don't know if HBO posted that video somewhere official or something. Hmm. Uh, again today, yeah. I don't know, oh, no. buddy. Anyway, it was cool. That made me happy. Yeah, I like suggest that I should try to get a hold of that guy and see if I can be an extra in the Game of Thrones. And I was thinking about that, and I can't imagine any way that that would go down in which it would be enjoyable. Yeah, I get, you could he could give you the gift of going and st- like standing around on a film set forever, so you can be in yeah, the, and then maybe like having a, like a makeup girl smear dirt on me or something, right? Yeah, well, having like one of them one of them California girls rubbing some dirt on me wouldn't be the worst thing ever. Yeah. Uh, I had that was when I uh when I was on that uh screensavers show, actually sitting down to get like makeup put on me for uh, for TV cameras was gross. Is it really thick? It's caked on, yeah. It shit is oh. like I, I got I went back to my hotel and I was like, Well that certainly went horribly. Also, there's all this shit on my face. And it took a really long time and like a lot of soap and products and stuff to get all the just like 
cakey goo off of me. Well, shit on my face. But it did, uh, it, it did make it, like, I had gone years without having uh, any acne, and then right when I'm about to be on TV, I just get this giant fucking pimple hmm. on my cheek. She covered it right up. And I'm like, ah, this is why girls, this is why girls do this. Gets rid of those unsightly blemishes that makes them human and flawed yeah. and unlovable. It also locks them into a never-ending cycle of makeup and acne. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, having known women who had a lot of skin problems, like, you know, a lot of pimples and a lot of breakouts and stuff, and having known a lot of women who, like, did a lot of shit to their face and put a lot of shit on their face, I've, you know, gathered some, some correlation data there. Right. But every time you say, have you tried, like, just not messing with your face for, like, I don't know, like a month? Just leave your face alone for a while? <laughs> All right. Because that's what I do, and it works okay. You know, I, I, I sometimes use some water on a washcloth, uh, clean, clean my face off like that. But uh, other than that, you know, no, you just have good genes. That's why you don't get pimples, they say. Well, it's true. You never get any pimples on your legs. <laughs> that is true. Uh, did you ever get a pimple on your ass that uh, was so so big and painful that you didn't ever want to you didn't want to sit down? I can't say that I have. Hmm. I don't recommend it. Yeah, I'll I'll keep that in mind. Happens every once in a while. You got to get one of those donuts, except the hole's not in the middle. The hole is wherever your giant ass pimple is. So you have to buy it special. Say yeah, you got to get it's a bespoke. It's a bespoke ass pimple pillow. Right. Ah, bespoke. You really do live uh, a little bit differently than the ninety-nine. <laughs> we don't refer. Uh, we don't refer to many things as bespoke anymore. I think it's only... like a thing that happens almost exclusively in steampunk fiction. Yeah, it's only for suits and ass pillows. <laughs> well, or you know, I mean, like, because I guess there was a time, and there, there maybe there is a person who gets like a pocket watch made just for them, or like. I mean, I guess, like, if you get something framed, that's... It's bespoke. Right. Right? I mean, custom. They just say custom. You know, like, ah, bespoke flames painted on your car. I think just this year is when I learned what bespoke means. Because it doesn't sound like what it is at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah it, yeah, it doesn't sound like the part of speech that it is. Right. Right? It, like... It seems like it would be bespoken would be a way to describe it. I think I learned it reading The Diamond Age. Um, and I wasn't sure for a while if it was just like a word that uh, I was going to say Cory Doctorow, but what I meant was Neil Stevenson uh, had made up. Because he is a guy that makes up a lot of words. He is a guy that makes up a lot of words. Like diamond. What's that? Yeah. It's weird it's caught on, though. People use it to describe all kinds of things now. An age. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, well, do you wanna do you wanna talk about some video games of loathing? Yeah, let's dive in. I'm diving. All right, radio radio bugbear writes. Um, where did we get this? BC Goldman says uh, possibility of an armor slash outfit stand type thing in campsite or display case for hanging slash displaying outfits. You know, that's a thing that I understand why it exists in some games, but this is not a game where you can really show people stuff. Right. You can show I them your familiars, you can show them your display case, but... Yeah, yeah you know, 
that is something that we don't take advantage of nearly enough. That that is that is a a way in which there is probably a way that this game could be really fun and exciting for people that we don't we don't like give people enough venues for self-expression and we should because our people are awesome right and the venues that we do give them they do great things with like cocks and balls everywhere but they're ironic cocks and balls right? right they're not like right like a cock and balls with like some some like gay slurs on it or whatever um unless they're ironic gay slurs you know what i take back everything that i said about our player base if you can do everything if you do it ironically but you know like we have player housing sort of right right but we don't have like we don't have a space that people can do a thing with and then show it to other people. Which, uh-huh. you know, it, it's it's hard to do and not a lot of games do it. Right? But, like, that's arguably the greatest strength of Minecraft. Is like, hey, look at this thing that I built. Hey, come play in this thing that I built. And, like, people really enjoy the stuff that we do that lets them show off something that they've done. But so often given the means that we've provided for them it's just like a list of text or names of things or whatever uh-huh. you know I don't know I was talking to I was talking to Hot Stuff about this today and, and there are a couple of things that I wish were a little different in, in KOL I wish that both the rumpus room in clans and the campground, the player's campsite, was a little more, uh, like, I don't know exactly, I don't know exactly how to express this. Like, with the rumpus room, I wish that those things were items that you used to put in there, right? Uh-huh. Like, as, as opposed to just, like, these weird drop-downs. Because we were thinking, well, we'll have stuff in here that you can unlock in clan dungeons or whatever, but, like, because that's just this one weird one-off mechanism... I never want to go to it because it's not a thing that we can do very easily. The VIP lounge had fewer decisions to make about it, and so it was like, all right, well, these things will just be like an item that you, you use and it puts it in there because they never really go away. They can't be replaced with anything else. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I Because we are visually out of space in the campsite... We have to, like, take things out if we want to put anything new in, and it's, like, it's a hassle to get things to mesh with other things in there. But if it was more of, like, a customizable thing where there was just a palette of spaces and a bunch of things that you could put in there, and it would just grow larger if it needed to grow larger or whatever, then that would be really awesome. Right. It would also be cool if there was a way to like it, the fact that all of that stuff goes away when you ascend makes it a rougher thing for us to play with too. Right? It's like we can't do a lot of just flavorful cool things because people won't use them because they know they're just going to lose them. Right. And you know, would it be the end of the world if you just got back as items the things that you would put in your campsite? Uh, probably not. You know, 
I mean, I, I've always been reluctant to give people back those things because it's one of the few ways in which we can make something consumable in an interesting way, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, who knows, man? I don't know, man. Yeah, what do you man. think? Like, in, Let's say that we had never... We had the, the the game had not had a campground up until this point, and we were adding one. Mm-hmm. What do you, what would you do with it? And if we decided we were going to add player housing to KOL, right? And we didn't have any of the stuff that we did. Like, what what would be your imagining of how it would work? I know it's hard in an actual context, huh? Yeah, and being put on the spot. Yeah, this is gotcha journalism. I uh. I don't really understand the urge to, like, deck out a virtual house in any way, like, design and and deck one out, so I'm not sure that I would go the route of people being able to, you know, build a little floor plan and put stuff in there that other people can see and shit. I mean, I could see doing stuff like a zen garden where there's just a square of sand that you can draw stuff in that people could then see. Or, you know, like, a plot of flowers that you could arrange in in however you wanted to. I I could see doing something that would be worth people being able to look at other people's. But, like, the the central conceit, probably not. I don't know. You know, I wonder if if that's a thing that... It it is so... I mean, I guess it's not as complicated as a lot of things are, but it's pretty complicated. I wonder if, like, if that's one of those things that if we wanted to revamp it, we could even get away with it. Yeah. You know, there's so many Mr. Store things intertwined in it, and, like, I don't know. Yeah, be nice. I, the the flowers thing, I've actually really liked that idea for a really long time. Like the yeah. like the the notion that you had a bunch of slots in your campsite that you could put different things in. Yeah. You know, maybe for it was also weird because the campground started out as entirely a PvP thing, right? Like everything in the campground only had an impact on PvP, and that was all it did. And now everything has some non PvP. Thing, I guess. No. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that can have an impact on, like, you resting or whatever, which is a thing. Right. But again, it's like, you know, and it's a thing that people use a little bit of because of the free rests or whatever, so it's still it's still an interesting thing to play with every once in a while, but just because because it is so outside the scope of everything else, it's it's like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to, it is so much easier to just be like, no, this is an outfit, this is an item, this is a familiar. Right. You know? Because those are the things we, we develop all the time. Yeah. Tiny Plastic Grimmy says, Thanks for the holiday content. Just curious, will there be Sucker Punch? A drink or combat item? Kudos again. Oh, hi. We, uh, there will actually be Sucker Punch. Uh, there, we're we're going to do a content familiar based on the movie Sucker Punch. Right. So it'll be like a dragon wearing a bikini... Well, it starts at the zone is a, like a shitty reform uh, school slash repertorium. Right. Um, and then inside that, there's a zone that you can unlock that is a strip club. And inside that, there's a World War One steampunk 
uh, zone, right? And a and a samurai statue fighting zone, right? Uh, and a um, an airship. No, what else? What there was the thought? train. Yeah, the ro- the rocket train. Rocket train. Uh, the tracks were held up by rockets, Mister right. Skelet. That was the best thing about right. that movie. Did you see that movie? I did. I, I actually really liked it. As did I. Um, I, I spent yeah, a long time defending it, and uh, to little avail. Yeah, the world is the world is just provably wrong about that about that movie. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, the the only thing that I didn't like was the ersatz, the shitty ersatz David Carradine. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. Guy. Because even if it had actually been David Carradine before he died, you wouldn't have been that into it. Well, yeah, it's the it's the lisp. I just can't take it's the Christopher Lambert syndrome. Right. Willem Dafoe, like I just I, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry people with lisps, but I can't take a I can't take like a a badass with a lisp seriously. Does Willem Dafoe have a lisp? I think of him as having a lisp. Huh. Maybe he just had a lisp in something that I saw him in. Huh. I man, I hate Willem Dafoe. Maybe I need to watch what it was in the Last Temptation of Christ. Maybe I need to watch that and see if uh, if. And know, body is, of evidence. Really mad at Pontius Pilate. You should have a a movie night that is the Last Temptation of Christ and body of evidence. Okay. Which is the softcore porn that he made with Madonna. Okay, I think I've seen that. Okay. So you're halfway there. Is that the, does Madonna pour hot candle wax on him? Yeah, she rolls him around in broken glass and you know, all kinds of shit. Rolls him around in broken glass. They're having That's sex just... on the hood of a car, and she breaks out the light bulb above them because they're in a parking garage. And so there's like light bulb glass on the hood, and they're rolling around on it. That's, that's, huh? Okay. I don't know how I feel about that, Mister Scullet. Uh, this seems dangerous. It's not something that I would be willing to have done to me. Yeah. I don't know about the candle wax either. That seems like it could fuck you up. I mean, like. Does it hurt? But it's not like it's not. It's hot enough to hurt, but not hot enough to actually damage you. Well, like I've, I've never like played with candle wax in a sexual way, but I've like dipped my finger in the pool of wax at the bottom of a candle. Yeah, so have I, and it hurts like a motherfucker for like a while. Oh, maybe your candles are way hotter than my candles. Yeah, maybe they are. They do have uh, they do have pictures of the Virgin Mary on the side. Right. Nothing hotter than that. Oh yeah. I mean, she's a virgin. She's one bad bitch. What? No. No, that's a mean thing. That's not a mean thing. That's a bad meaning good and bitch meaning uh, African Americans have no respect for women. Okay, cool. Ah, boy. Uh, Look forward to your letters. What? We look forward to your letters. Hey, you know what I did today was I made the world a little less racist. How'd you do that? Uh, well, I fixed the I fixed the monkey, the fudge monkey picture. <laughs> I <laughs> I was kidding. Yeah, you were, but Riff Riff was, you know, like enough people were kidding about it that I, and okay, so it like every once in a while when I do something 
there is like a little nagging voice in the back of my head that says, huh, that <laughs> might be unintentionally racist. People might interpret that the wrong way. Like, like, wow. You know, like a thing like, wow, that joke was totally not about having sex with kids, but I, everyone is going to think that that joke was about having sex with kids. Gotcha. And so do I, do I stick to my guns and do I say, look, it was an accident. This joke is not about having sex with kids. Do I have that conversation 500 times in the future, or do I just suck it up and change the joke? And by it, I mean the little boy's penis. Right. Um, and so that one was, I was like, ugh, you know, that monkey kind of looks like a guy in blackface. Uh, the tail thing, I'm not going to, like, the, it's like, oh, I see, so you've just drawn a picture of a black guy taking a shit. <laughs> like, no, no, like, who... Well, it's because what? on either side of the tail at the top, there are little curved lines to make it look like the interface between the tail and the body, but that does kind of make it look like it's an ass that poop is coming out of. Okay. I mean, that one That one, I'm not going to do anything about. Sure. Because, right? I mean, a pooping guy isn't racist. It's right. just a pooping black guy that's racist. Implying that black people poop is the racist thing, my friend. I couldn't figure out how... To, like, it took me a while, but I think I just made it more monkey and less... less blackfacey. I, 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 I thought of a way to fix it, and then I tried it, and I was like, ah, that totally didn't work. Yeah, I that is up. now definitely a monkey face. Okay. Um... But oh, you yeah. know what it is? There's one... There's like a... So the whole thing is kind of like swirls of black ink on white. Yeah. And down where the tail meets the butt, there is like just a little dark patch that's just solid black. Okay. And that's where the, the asshole's coming from, I think. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a monkey now. Okay. Uh, Good. I should have figured out a way to draw a silhouette of a monkey that was facing sideways so that the tail could be going up, but then I needed him to be facing you so you'd know it was a guy in blackface. Right. <laughs> um, and I was like, what, what is it about that old, the original art that wasn't monkey, that did not say monkey? It was like, well, monkeys don't have like big round eyes like that, I guess. And it looked like eyes in a space that was hollowed out. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why the original walrus was so terrifying, too. Yeah, it looked like a crazy parasite. Centipede thing? Yeah, a big fang grub. A wall-eyed fang grub. Fang grub. You know, you you live and you learn, though. I don't really like drawing animals, Mr. Scott. Um, (laughs) Because you can't really do, like, a stick figure animal, right? I mean, so... I, in the early days, I would just draw a lot of heads, like the head of an animal, because right. that's always pretty easy, facing forward ahead of an animal. But I didn't want, you know, I don't like doing that. I feel, that feels like a cop-out for some reason. Right. I don't want to drop out with my cop-out. True. I, the The implication was that the monkey was, like, hurtling toward you in midair, but mm-hmm. I don't think that really comes across. I think it looks like he's sitting down with his tail in front of him on the ground. <laughs> yeah, I think he's he's dancing in midair. I'll give you that. Okay. He's balanced on his tail like a spring. Exactly. He's he's propelling himself into the sky on a rocket of shit. <laughs> uh, I'm breaking out, going through the sky on a mountain of shit. Who who shits like that? Who like the I yeah I uh, no no. 
you've never had a turd that long. Even the longest turd is not that long. I don't know how long black people's turds are. I, you know, if it's anything like the penis, it's long. Well, you've never watched a black guy shit? Are you a racist? I guess. Probably. Deadspank says, will you stop playing your love games with me? Never. Uh, Poisonous Spike says, is there a day 11 peppermint item? No, I'm assuming. Uh, I'm assuming that that's uh, been confirmed at this point. It's past the 11th, is it not? Yeah, it's the 12th and shit. Uh, Diabolico says I just wanted to comment I'm loving the Crimbo content this year I must say that I haven't had this much fun since the incremental content of the Crimborg event great work well thanks yeah wow because the Crimborg is my favorite so yeah the Crimborg I really enjoyed Hmm. I enjoyed coming up with the drops for those 12 days of Crimborg monsters (laughs) I think people like it when there's some new shit every day you know yep that's what I think people like it when Camelli says, you mentioned in the past that bad writing in games really gets under your skin. What are a few examples of games where the writing was especially strong? Besides Portal 2, I mean. Oh, Planescape Torment had pretty good writing. Uh-huh. One of the problems is, like, if you don't, you know, a lot of good writing creates that situation where if they're doing it right, you don't know that they're doing anything at all. Like, the writing in Trine is pretty good. The dialogue that they write is pretty good. They establish pretty good characters. Um, you know, and it's just not... It's, it's like, funny without being silly. So it's, you know, sometimes writing is good. Old Republic has really good writing. As that kind of thing goes. All the characters are pretty believable. Like, you really believe that this guy wants you to kill ten rats for him. Yeah. I mean, womp rats. Kill ten womp rats. <laughs> bullseye. This guy really wants you to buy a speeder. Yeah, bullseye ten womp rats, please. I'm looking forward to that, man. So, uh, I don't know. How do you feel about writing in video games? I... Yeah. It's weird to me to see something that is, by all accounts, a good game, but then the writing is incredibly shitty. And it's just like, God, if you could have just hired one more guy to write some dialogue for you, or, you know, either hired one more guy or or done the writing earlier in the process. Uh-huh. I, I think I think what happens with a lot of games is that they will make a game and then just say, okay, now write this. And then the writer has no control over, like, the pacing, has no, you know, might not even get to, like, pick how many sentences he gets to write. Right. For instance, I mean, you know, and, and, and I think there's a lot of that. And, you know, talking to the guys that worked on The Old Republic, how the writers laid out like the entire quest progressions and storylines for the characters before any of it was implemented I was like wow that is like demonstrably the right way to do it you know you know you, you need to but yeah bad dialogue man it's and it is it is accentuated so much by bad voice acting there, there is nothing that bothers me more than like alright the, per- the, the voice actor just clearly did not understand what they were saying or they never would have read the sentence that way huh. like the emphasis was just completely wrong and the, the only other time I've seen anybody complain about this was uh, that I read that book uh, uh, Extra Lives by Tom Bissell who's just like a journalist who writes about video games sure. and he was just talking about this one particular line 
which was and then he just made a list of all of the different ways in which you could stress certain words to make it not make any fucking sense at all and then this is the crazy one that they picked like it just when they 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 just you know it's like they were reading the sentence in a vacuum sometimes so it's like and i always think about it i was like all right well maybe they gave them that line to read later and so they didn't know that it was going to come after this last one or they didn't know who they were supposed to be talking to whatever but a lot of times, nope, even in a vacuum, no one would ever say that sentence the way that you just said it. It's not like a style thing, it's just a like, yeah. you know, it's like just the difference between what are you doing and what are you doing? You know, and they just like, they, they go out of their way to get it wrong, it seems. They say, like, what uh, are you doing? <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Uh, pardon me, I have to do. Griffin says, thanks for the holiday effort. It's been fun so far. Yeah, it's been fun for us, too. Indeed. We're like, in, we're like in crazy productive mode. There is a whole lot of shit going on. It's weird to see that, like, I have that down-to-the-wire feeling because we're working on so much stuff and surely it's coming right out and then keep looking and going oh no actually we have a couple of days like that's that's interesting we have a couple of days to a couple of weeks on all of this stuff it's amazing yeah but it does i don't know like we've we've i feel like the second half of this year like we have organizationally really gotten into gear yeah like i feel like there there there's been a lot of stuff done in the past you know like say four months that i didn't have to do a lot of which is was you know I was like wow that's cool you know like there there were like items of the month that got done more or less without me and yeah. I was like that's I like that <laughs> I like this idea um, you know like randomly CD Moyer was like hey uh, you know because because of the whole uh, scarcity that we tend to we tend to acquire on a, on an individual level in the last part of December maybe we ought to be thinking about the item of the month. We spent like a few minutes talking about it, and then Hot Stuff was like, "Hey, I got an idea. How about this?" We're like, yeah, yeah and he totally is, did. Yeah, that is exactly like an item of the month that we would make. Go ahead and write that up, and like huh. the item of the month is more or less done. Which was like, wow, that was cool. Just uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like we've been on the ball. Like there is every indication that we're going to have a content familiar uh, launching on January first. Yep, that Which, should happen. You know, when when Hot Stuff suggested that, I was like, you know what? That seems like the worst possible deadline for us. But like, we're we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. And we're doing it what and doing else? it and doing it well. Oh boy. Um, hey, you want to take a little bit of a you want to take a little bit of a music break? Yes. Let us have a musical interlude of approximately fifteen minutes. Yeah. That was, uh, for everyone listening on the podcast, uh, I'm coming off of the high of listening so for the first time this season of to uh, Neil Diamond singing the Hanukkah song. <sighs> Good stuff. Did I miss you? Yeah, you didn't miss anything. We're, I just came back. Okay. I didn't give what you What were you a, saying? I gave you like a 30 second warning instead of a two minute warning, which was oh. foul play, I'll admit. Well, no, I wouldn't have seen it anyway. I, I went in and set a timer, but I must have screwed up. Nah. Now, I was just uh, enjoying having played the Neil Diamond cover of uh, the Hanukkah song for the first time this season. Hmm. Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song? Yes. 
it's beginning to smell a lot like Hanukkah. Exactly. The uh, I'm dreaming of a uh, uh, white Hanukkah. I'm dreaming of absolute control over the media and banking. Yeah. And Wait, banking just, on that becoming a reality? I went to the wrong thread. Uh, <clears throat> I started looking at the uh, somebody noticing the art change for the fudge monkey. <laughs> uh, did you ever think see, that uh, the, uh, when you started this, did you ever think you'd be saying things like art change for the fudge monkey? Because I can't uh, even say that now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of things that just seem like totally reasonable things. It's all, It's weird, you know, like spending so many years of our lives where all of the work we did was just so absurd uh-huh. you know what does that do to a man what does it do to you to gaze into that abyss mm. well the abyss starts to gaze back I feel yeah, I mean you just start to make fart jokes all the time you never stop making fart jokes right sometimes I joke about taints and sharks Sometimes, uh, I wonder if any of our listeners are doctors. If, if so, uh, this is not something I could ask my regular doctor, but is there a pill that all it does is make you fart more? Because if so, Cause I would you want enjoy, one of those? I would enjoy a pill like that. You can't just have a bowl of chili? Uh, okay, I guess I could. But that's that does other things than that nu- <laughs> nutritious is you. <laughs> you, you don't want to be nutritionalized, you yeah, that sustains that sustains your life and makes you fart more. Right. Uh, let's get a forum thread. Uh, right. Any doctors listening live, please post in this forum thread if there's a pill that makes you fart more. Or if, is there a pill that has an innocuous primary effect, but as its side effect, super huge, super rank farts? Excessive like it says flatulence that on the label. Super huge, super rank farts. Also, let us know if anybody has ever written a song and rhymed fits and starts with shits and farts. Because if that hasn't happened, I'm gonna have to make that happen. You're gonna have to write. You're gonna write a song. Yeah, it needs to be a rap song and just like a throwaway line. You know, like you know, motherfuckers do things in fits and starts. Something motherfucking shits and farts. Uh huh. Yeah. Because you, you need to throw some motherfucker in there to make it clear that it's the silliness and not the uh, and not the offensiveness of the terms that's yeah. being showcased. Exactly. Uh, don't all rap songs just have motherfucker in them a lot? Yeah, I think those Christian rap songs. Right. DC Talk it, was big on the motherfucker. About how God was Mary's motherfucker. Yeah. About how God is a total motherfucker if you don't get your shit straight. Oh, yeah, yeah, like that Old Testament God. He's He's a son of a bitch. Coming to fuck you. Double Gold writes in the forum thread, So, when is Crimbo Town coming this year? Eh, Next few days. Next few days. Oh, Uh, I answered that question in the thread. I answered it with a a rage face. Oh, that was a rage face? I answered it, although somebody in another thread took that to mean that there's not going to be one, which, no, I, I, the no was for don't ask that question, goddammit. Okay. Uh, Getch says, this is the second world event I've seen, the first being the Haunted Sorority House. The writing on Crimbo has been just as good as the excellent writing on the Sorority House, and I'm really looking forward to see how the story turns out. Um, well, disappointingly, uh, that's something that you'll learn uh, as you get exposed to more Crimbos. 
I particularly enjoy getting to play with new types of optimizing. In the sorority house, it was interesting to pick the best way to use the guides and combat items to run through the instance efficiently. This event, we've so far seen two main farmable resources, and it looks like we'll need to decide where to spend our turns most productively, as well as how to balance building things versus farming the parts. Fun to play with new strategies and mechanics. Um, first question is, how do you balance your planning for your world event with your planning for the item of the month? you have a great idea for Fang, so you work Optimality into the Haunted Sorority House? Or do you have a great idea for Candyland, so you work Optimality into the stuff Peppermint makes? Or maybe the creative juices flow both ways? Yeah, it's kind of both ways, right? What Does the does the Peppermint stuff interact interestingly with the... I guess there's a thing in there that increases candy drops. Right. Um, it is more... Like, with the Fangs, it was a little weird. Like, somebody was like, hey, you should make these Fangs... Like, to... to make all these complainers stop complaining you should make the fangs optimal in some Halloween content and I was like oh okay that can't see like why it. that would make people complain about something else sure that sounds, yeah it sounds like something we would do um, so in that one I think we had not decided anything about the haunted sorority house until after the fangs were already in place I don't think Right. I don't think we started working on the haunted sorority house until a while into October um I had a vague idea that it was going to be the Haunted Sorority House, but that was all. Um, and on the candy thing, I mean, I, like, I have a vague structure in mind, but I'm mostly making up the advent calendar as I go. Hmm. I know that might that might crush a lot of people's uh, notions of, of how this kind of thing happens, but uh, there's nothing like, uh, there's nothing like, there was a, uh, there was a Calvin and Hobbes that I saw recently. Um, that was like Hobbs asking Calvin, "Aren't you gonna? Aren't you gonna work on your? Uh, aren't you gonna work on your assignment?" And Calvin was like, "No, no, you can't. You can't do creative work on a on a schedule. You have to wait for you have to wait for the right mood to strike you." And Hobbs says, "What mood is that?" And Calvin says, "Last minute panic." Yeah, yeah. That does wonders for your ability to come up with some stuff. It would be awesome if I could reliable reliably pretend that that was happening. Just, like, set the deadline two weeks prior to what it actually is and then forget that I had done that? Yeah. I I had a day today where I did not get very much done, but... And, and on days like that, I think, ah, fuck, you know, like, if I was just going to come to the office and stare at the screen, why didn't I, like, stay home and clean the house or something, you know? Right. Uh, but it doesn't work that way. Like, I find that I have to spend a ton of time trying and failing to get started so that eventually I will wake up one morning with the next three days' worth of work just plotted out in my head. Right. But it's like having to, having to spend that time not accomplishing anything except just sort of freaking out, stressing out about something. Right. Critical. Um, second question I have is uh, how the synergy between your item of the month and world event plays into your business plans I bought the fangs as soon as they were released even though I play hardcore just because they look fun and somewhat useful for aftercore their importance for the sorority house was a delightful surprise seems like a number of people got them after the house opened and their temporary optimality was known um I know you guys are not overly mercenary and I respect that a lot but it's got to occur to you that optimality for special event will influence sales can you talk at all about how that plays into the planning process I mean almost never because in most months there isn't a world event right Right. I mean, it, it, like, there happened to be one in October and in December, and those are the only two that you've seen. But this is not 
a particularly common thing for us. I don't know that we've ever actually integrated an item of the month specifically with a world event prior to October. So I don't know how we do it. Yeah. Bleary, you know, if you answer these people's questions in this radio show thread, we don't have anything to talk about on the radio show, Mr. Scalhead. It's true, but th- those were a couple that I didn't think held out a, a lot of promise for discussion, but apparently yeah. they do. Let's let's go ahead. We'll ignore the fact that I've answered it. Uh, any chance, uh, says Bleary, we'll get a mechanism to reassign the sex of our familiars? A couple of mine are chafing at the kingdom's use of non-inclusive language, and I'd like to make them more comfortable. You know what makes me chafe slightly is the uh, phrase non-inclusive language. Yeah, the idea that that everything has to be inclusive. Yeah, and the idea that having somebody be a, having something be a specific gender and referred to as that gender is somehow non-inclusive of like but, in a meaningful like, way. The idea that somebody would seriously consider us having to be aware of the possibility of a transgendered unicorn, right? For instance. But, uh, like I said in the thread, I feel like, and I know that this rankles people who want to believe that men and women are absolutely no different and that gender is absolutely uh, not at all important to people's personalities at all, but some of the familiars are written that way, like the gender is part of what they are. So yeah, which is why some people uh, like some familiars we think of as white and some we think of as black. Right. It's just harder to put that across in text because uh, you know, like black familiars be all like this, and white familiars be all like that. Yeah, when they be driving their car. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, uh, we don't want to get into a we don't want to get into a discussion of gender politics because nobody. Nobody wants to hear what we have to say to touch it. Well, like, some of them are it's and some of them, but, like, if we made assignable genders for all of them, we'd have to do it for, or for some of them, we'd have to do it for all of them. And, like, the ones that are really wordy, like the scarecrow and the hat rack, those are so definitely male and would sound so weird as female that I don't want you to be able to do it. Yep. So, yeah, because yeah. the scarecrow is always talking about its balls and how these pants make its balls feel. Right. The scarecrow really is always those. is always talking about how easy it is to drive a car and uh, engage in spatial reasoning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how, how happy he is that he earns more money. Yeah, and like the comic chameleon is always talking about its period and, and what various uh, tampons it has to use. Right. And how angry it is at some other woman for not properly allowing it to express its feelings. Exactly. And how everything's about rape. Yeah, literally. Literally everything is about rape if you're female. Yep. Because, baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, also, you slipped a roofie into my pinball machine. <laughs> yeah, what? Okay. Uh, let's see. Fractal P. Oh, Fractal P was just talking about talking. Fractal. Yeah. Yeah, you, you told him. Perhaps it is you who are uncomfortable with who your familiars really are and keep trying to impose your gender ideals upon them. Yeah, who's being um, non inclusive now? You know, saying that the sh- it wouldn't make any sense for the sugar fruit fairy to be male is, again, those are not boobs. <laughs> ah. Good times. Yeah. Uh, let's see. 
Jersey Tomato says, if I do a Cloverless Hardcore Trendy, will that suffice as a Bad Moon lead-in? I believe so. Yeah, because any any hardcore, it's irrespective of path. So, yes. I'm going to assume yes. Uh, Ariel Villar says, the Stinky Cheese Ball is, I think, the only Mr. Store item which provides a particular advantage for having multiple copies of it. The other, the other foldable equipment can also be in several useful, or useful in several forms at once, but the cheese is unique in that additional cheese equipped increases the rate at which their collective stinkiness is charged. Um... I wasn't around when it was released, so I'm curious, was that sort of behavior an experiment? Were you at all nervous about a potential negative reaction from players uh, to the perception that you were providing an incentive to donate for multiples? And was there any such reaction? Or was the benefit too minor for anybody to be worried about it? Think you'll ever do something similar in the future? That strikes me as a thing that was probably an accident. Um, that, That probably it was just some code that was like, if you have a cheese hat, increment this. If you have a cheese pants, increment that. If you have a cheese shoes, increment this. Right? And not, like, that's just the way that you would write code to do that. Not thinking, oh, like, okay, we didn't, you know, like, there are two ways to write the logic for that, right? And, like, one of them is going to make it so it's additive, and one of them is going to make it so it's not. It just depends on how you code the loop. Right. Um, and I don't know. I mean, maybe it came up and we were like, eh, why not? You know, why not give this minor advantage to, like, like sometimes we get a little too far up our own ass when we're worrying about the ways in which people are going to react to things. And it's like, okay, well, we're worried that people are going to be upset that the people who give us more money are going to get slightly more of a minor advantage in this thing. And it's like, it, you know... I don't remember what that number actually does at the end of the day, right. but I don't think it does something that is like, I don't think it does anything that is going to make any subset of the player base think, okay, well now I'm required to donate for three of these if I want to get the, pro- the, the the optimal utility out of this thing. And so I just don't, I don't, I don't think it would have been a big deal. You know, maybe we were aware of it and maybe we just decided that it wasn't a big deal. Hey, rest assured, whenever the question is, were you guys worried that you were being too money grubby on this thing? The answer is always yes. Anytime we do I anything was. that brings any, any kind of revenue into the game, we are worried that we've stepped over that. I'm always, I'm always, you know, I think other, the, the rest of us are reasonably concerned about it, and I am, I am sort of paranoid, paranoid levels of concern. Well, I default to you, I defer to you, I mean, I also default to you, uh, when... Yeah, that's, that's weird. Yeah. Anytime I call, anytime I just hit the call button on my phone, it's you. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, like, I default, I defer to you, because it feels like our livelihood can be on the line and the the most important product that we sell is our personalities and the trust that people have that we're not going to be lame so I can see being super worried about being lame at the same time I also feel it my duty to try and balance you a little bit sure absolutely and then we have hot stuff and I can balance each other and if hot stuff and I agree on something then it's usually right yeah that, you know, I mean, you know, in the in this as in all things, right? I mean, uh, you know, you you avoid, you want to avoid the the sort of like, 
auteur craziness that happens if there are no checks and balances on the particular way in which the auteur is crazy, right? So, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, it, it, it always, it is always in the back of my mind, like, we don't want to, you know, it, it is a dangerous thing to start not deserving the confidence that people have in us, right? Because uh, in a way, like, not only is that the thing that leads people to continue to, like, respect us and treat us well and support us and allow us to do this for a living, but it also is like a, you know, people's confidence in us is is more or less a barometer for whether we deserve people's confidence and trust, right? And so, and like, I, it is more important to me to be, like, a good person and to behave ethically than it than it is to like make a bunch of money right and so if if i do something that triggers that worry in me that is not a worry about the decision so much as it's like a worry about my soul right so yeah yeah you know i i think we do okay i i think i think it's okay to occasionally err on the side of you know, the one time we were like, wow, we're running, you know, we're, we're running low on money and we're about to do something really expensive, which was the first Comic-Con. We were like, all right, let's, as a joke, decide what would be the most cash-grabby thing that we could do. And we came up with the the badger as the idea of like, oh, this would just be like, but we didn't do it from a, this would like make people give us the most money. It, we just did it from a, this is the most awesome possible thing. Right standpoint and I was like you know what that actually sounds pretty cool let's do that and so then this tradition of the June crazy content familiar was born and Jesus fucking Christ to think of how much less work the badger was in a lot of ways than like every item of the month we make now right ugh man because it doesn't also have a familiar in it that's <laughs> true that's kind of the the like and a familiar is the whole structure for items of the month now like Dude, so it like kicks out twenty different things that are all optimal in different various versions of play, and then it has a familiar that you can assemble. And like, but the item is a familiar. Yeah, but it has another familiar in it. Because <laughs> I heard you like familiars. Uh, also, he says thanks for the fun crimbo stuff. Building up the diorama a bit at a time is very satisfying, and the lolligator's art is delightful. I hope we actually get to see the choco dial in one of the subsequent zones, huh? Yeah, I hope so too. I, I don't know. I, so I gotta do that tomorrow. The Jeez. same, in the same zone as the uh, slanding of knot, yeah, yeah. which actually exists. I'm aware, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. But uh, the dog delusion says, "Dear Jack at all, do you ever think about expanding Seaside Town, new districts, buildings, and such? Uh, is it possible that world events or future content will result in a larger slash more buildingy town? I like it the way it is, for the record, but I just like hearing you read my questions and then talk about them on the air." <laughs> uh, no, you know, the current Seaside Town, I don't know how long you've been around, um, but the current Seaside Town was the result of a world event that simplified the layout of Seaside Town a lot, which I had been, it had been a concern of mine for a really long time. And, you know, not everybody was in agreement um, on that needing to be done, certainly. I, you know, I don't know that, I don't remember that being a popular or unpopular choice, but I don't, you know. I definitely remember some dissenting voices on the forums, which just means that it was a thing that we did. Um, but, you know, certainly nobody complains about it now. Nobody's like, what the fuck? I'm confused by Forest Village. I always forget that it's there. But, you know, that's probably fine, because that stops me from making it all complicated. The only thing that bothers me in my actual adventuring is having them all be over in Desert Beach. 
Yeah. Every time yeah. I do, I go there. I have a moment where like, okay, where the fuck's the mall? And there's not yeah. a link, a hot link to it, and yeah. I mean, the mall is in your top menu. You know, that's that. That's it's not the in the thing, iconic right? like, menu, though, is it? No. Yeah, there is. There's a custom. There's one that you can set up for the mall. Oh well, I'll just add that, and then I'll quit complaining. Yeah. No. <laughs> so that was why I. That was why I. I oh, look at that. Uh, urged. That was why I urged everybody to use uh, the iconic menu when it started, even though I knew it was inadequate for our needs because uh-huh. whatever we found annoying, the players would definitely find annoying, and so, like, yeah, that was that was like uh, the first thing on the list of customizable items to, or customizable icons to add to it. Um, it is weird the number of things that are like this is a place because it needs to be a place in order for it to be an a, a mechanic you know mm-hmm. like it, it it doesn't need to be a building on the map really it's just like that's what stops it from just being a line in a menu and that's all do you think you like know? in a in a different game you would have an in where the untinkerer is and the pretentious artist is. Yeah, maybe. Like you, some of them, I think you could bring them together, and you wouldn't need to have them all in their own. You wouldn't have to go see them at their houses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who works at who works at their house? You know, like there'd be a they they'd have set up storefronts in the mall. Yeah. Maybe that's how your story could progress. You know, you do it, and at first he's in his hut, but then when you level up, he's like, "Oh, check it out! I've got this new store in the mall that just opened." When you reach level five. And then you have to go in there, and you can't actually, because it's designed like a real mall, you can't just go to the place that you want to go. Um, but you have to, like, it's it's all arranged in this looping track that you can only get to the, the store that's next door to the one that you're at. And yeah. only every tenth store has a map that you can look at. That would be awesome. Every time I go to a mall, I just become, I become furious with metrics driven commerce like the part like when they when they design like the newest the newer shopping centers that exist in phoenix they have to be they have to be making the parking lots the way that they are on purpose Hmm. right no one no one would sit down with a blank sheet of paper and design the clusterfuck of a parking lot that is the default parking lot on a new shopping center in Arizona. There's got to be something that they've learned that it's like, well, if you confuse people and force them to like go down some fucking lane that doesn't go anywhere so they have to turn around, they will see more stores and then they will remember, oh yeah, I needed to stop at this Home Depot that I randomly fucking just realized was in this place on the opposite end of where I was trying to get to. Right to leave this goddamn parking lot. Have they made them where there's a there's only one way you can go around it? Like you just get you turn into the mall and you get locked into a one-way racetrack that goes all the way around? No, I haven't seen that. Almost all of the malls here are like that and it's fucking infuriating because the store that you want to go to is always just to the left of where you come in. So but you have to go to the right, so you have to go all the way around the entire mall to the right. Yeah, just park and walk back. further. That's what, like, I tend to, when I go to the mall here, I don't have, I, I cannot keep a map of the mall in my head, and so I just always park in the same spot, right? And then oh, I go yeah, in, sure. and I look at a directory, and, and I just walk to wherever I need to go. Like, 
it is it is such a fruitless endeavor for me to like oh well i want to go to this store that's on the other side of the mall so i'm going to go around and park on the other side of the mall because i will just fuck up and go all the way around when i meant to go halfway around or something (laughs) you know like so i'm just like you know what this way i will always know where my car is yeah uh the dog delusion says also i like the way you say lol when people write it in their posts how do you say raffle i imagine it rhymes with waffle but i've been wrong about so many things in my life before yeah i picked up that lol thing from uh from uh, griffin mcelroy on the my brother my brother and me podcast hmm. um, and i picked it up good. from you yeah uh like the like the lol the queen of the drow in uh r.a salvatore lore R.A. Salvalore. <laughs> Salvatory, relevatory lore. <clears throat> I wonder, uh, I was going to try to make a joke about uh, Salvalu, the, the name of the spaceship from Xevious and uh, R.A. Salvatore, but then I realized that that was a terrible idea for a joke. What about Salvia? Could you have worked Salvia there? Uh huh. R.A. Salviator. Dude, his books are so his, trippy, man. His books are fucking super crazy, but they're only like a page long. Yeah. Uh, Graves says, how have we gone this long without an offhand chainsaw hand that is out of gas? Ah. Uh, Dear Chicken Scully, says Casey Wiederman, please make fudgicules meat pasteable with lollipop sticks. Fudgesicles are one of my favorite treats. You know, I haven't had a fudgesicle in for fucking ever. I mean, for fudging ever. Yeah. <laughs> What are they made of? It is not fudge. It is not fudge. It is somehow... They, like, they stay soft no matter how cold they are. Strange. It's, like, chewy. Uh, Yeah. It's, like... It's it's more similar to, like, a chocolate version of what's in a push pop, maybe? Hmm, perhaps. Or a a push-up? Like, those Flintstones? A a push-up bra? Yeah, a push-up bra with the Flintstones on it. Yeah. You know, so so kids will feel better about wearing them. They're chewable. Trade like training vitamins. <laughs> uh, so people having a conversation about some things. Jokai says, "This is kind of a dumbass question, but I know you guys would do it well. Could the weapon damage one one one, etc.? You were just giving us an example of a number. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, be done in a font that incremented up in scale as well as got color to element type and also maybe got more bold. I'm a bit wasted and I was thinking about those old Konami type arcade games with the mental graphics. Mental gra- I think the arcade games Ooh. with mental graphics are books. <laughs> uh, you know, your imagination has the highest resolution of all. You know, your imagination is, poss- is probably capable of a higher resolution than reality. Because you can yeah. imagine things that are smaller than you can see. Um, you know, uh, the font, uh, that I use, uh, if I'm not using CSS, I actually have comparatively little control over the size of it. And I don't want to use CSS because CSS is for, for bullshits Uh and for people who are bullshits. Uh, fun fact says Psyche, there are actually two different words, cleave from different old English roots. The chop one is from the, from this, and it gives us cleave, cloven, cloven, and cleft. The cling to one is from, uh, cliffian, cleave, cleaved, cleaved. Well, cool. Signed, your friendly neighborhood linguist. That's, uh, that's something that we've learned today, Mr. Skullhead. From, from Dr. Psyche. I wish she could change her forum name, because Psyche should, should be known as Dr. Psyche. Indeed. 
the Dog Delusion says, Hey guys, I remember hearing on a previous show that the giant candy cane was done a bit at the last minute or something and was, as a result, ended up being, or no, and as a result, ended up being a bit underwhelming. Are there plans to go back and update the item to make it more useful post-Crimbo? Doesn't need to be the best item in the game, but making it possible to craft it into a chef staff or something would be groovy. Yeah, that's definitely on the, on the dicket. Uh, Dead Ned, whose avatar is a sweet skull nickel. <laughs> it's like a like a hobo nickel uh, carved into a skull. Uh, do you think it would be possible to list the store's name after you make a mall purchase? Something to the extent of you require three peppermint sprouts from Jick Mart. Uh, currently, I have no idea who I just bought those peppermint sprouts from, and if I wanted to send a thank you note or tell them they mispriced that item and can buy them back for me, well, I'd be out of luck. Um, yeah, you know, that's not... It wouldn't hurt anything, I guess. And just have that be a link back to the store. Uh, only if you buy it from Search. Being, you know, that never would have been an issue until we added the ability to buy stuff from Search. And I told you guys, I told you guys, it would ruin the idea of the mall as a place. Yeah, but given how we just talked about how the mall as a place is totally lame. Yep. Remember when you couldn't search the mall and I did not code a mall search uh, for fear of it eroding the sense of place of the mall as a real place? Right. And it would make it so... Uh, it was a... The mall as a real place if a real mall let people pay money to have their store moved to the front door. Yeah. Which they would. If they could figure out a way to get away with that, they totally would. They could just dynamically alter the layout based on who's paid the most in advertising well except you, it would be a struggle to pay the least because you'd want to be well I don't know there'd be like a tragedy of the commons thing going on right because the mall designers the person who owned the mall would want the most popular stores to be at the back of the pack so you'd have to walk past all the other stores and kiosks you know kiosks. what I you know what I hate more than anything Mr. Skullhead and I, and I don't know if this is my you know, if this is my, you know, brushing up against the autistic spectrum talking, or if it's just me being an asshole. But boy, oh boy, do I hate a guy just talking to you from a fucking kiosk in the mall trying to sell you something. Yeah. I just, like, even if it is, like, the hottest girl I've ever seen, I am just like, fuck you, get out of my face. That is what my brain says. I don't say it to the person. Yeah. But no, that's it's irritating. The the like, hey man, what how are you fixed for a cell phone? Like, I have one, and I'm under a contract, so nothing you say to me is gonna be any good to me at all. Yet you are still talking to me. <sighs> I mean, I get that you get bored. I mean, maybe if you're that guy and you're bored, instead of wasting people's time by talking to them when you know they're not going to buy anything, maybe start, like, showing showing kids your balls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I figure if I make that a job that everybody gets fired from right away, uh, then, then maybe nobody will do that shit anymore. The, the thing that bothers me, though, those places make enough money to, like, be there and to pay a dude. Right. And how it's never any... I guess in my life, I have bought two things from kiosks in malls. Uh, one of them was a bottle of glasses cleaning fluid that I bought in high school and have <laughs> still not used all of. But it's still my glasses cleaning fluid. Um, and the other one was one of those microwavable uh, buckwheat neck pillow things. <laughs> Which I don't regret buying because I use it all the time. And actually, I guess three things because when that one eventually wore out from me using it too much, I went and bought another one. Right. And the kiosk was still there. 
kiosk. I like the way you say kiosk. Yeah. I picked that up from Griffin McElroy on the My Brother, My Brother and Me podcast. Mm. Lol. Uh, Stetherell says, first, I love the attack message for the fudge poodle. Why do dogs always do that? Uh, what was the, what, which one was he talking about? Yeah, what? Uh, while you, while you're looking at that, I'll say, second, he says, what is at the top of the docket for January? Quest revamps, finishing the sea, making fun of WoW circa 2005, or something else entirely? Knowing us, probably something else fucking entirely. Yeah. All of the so things that we have on deck, we will find out, we'll find a different way to do it find a different thing to do yeah uh, oh I Christmas see the, the attack message says it jumps up and nails you right in the crotch with its front paws why do dogs always do that I don't know if all dogs always do that that's what my mother-in-law's dog does is it like going to heaven yeah I mean in a way my my genitals are like heaven so maybe all dogs are just trying to go to heaven yeah actually my genitals are like heaven in a lot of ways um, it's what's waiting for the lucky ones among you after you die. <sighs> Christmas music, uh, says Unnamed Hobo. Is there any Christmas-related music that either of you still feel is tolerable? Have you had enough of every Christmas song, especially All I Want for Christmas is You? You know, I don't mind Christmas music at all. Yeah, not even a little bit. I, I like a Christmas music. I like going to a store and hearing Christmas music. I have a hard time... In, I don't know, a lot of stores now have this Christmas music mix that has all of the even vaguely religious songs taken out of it, anything that even says Christmas for some of them, and it leaves them with just the shittiest collection of, like, Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, My Favorite Things, which is somehow a Christmas song now. Huh. But as a whole, like, yeah, I absolutely love Christmas music. But uh, it has to. Uh, you have to not pair away everything but the shitty stuff. My What's favorite the name though is "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas" song. Is that just called "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas"? Indeed. Or is it called like the Christmas song? Which one is the Christmas song? That's uh, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Uh, okay. Yeah. I would suggest, by the way, for people who like Christmas music or think that they might, uh, Amy Mann put out a Christmas album called "One More Drifter in the Snow." Which is fantastic. It manages to not have a bunch of like overproduced, oversung bullshit on it. It's kind of chill. It's kind of cool. Kind of laid back. I recommend. There's. I really need. If I ever want to just completely flip my biscuit, uh, I need to go (laughs) and dig through my mom's record collection and find the Christmas albums that I listened to when I was a kid. Uh huh. Because I think that that would. That would be like a super weird trip down memory lane. Uh-huh. If I invited your mom over, it'd be a weird trip down mammary lane. Uh, oh. uh, that, um, I'm sorry about that. That was terrible. Bill Ligerit says, I heard on NPR that Meryl Streep is playing Margaret Thatcher in her new movie. How much meats would you pay to see Meryl Streep dressed as Margaret Thatcher doing the Margaret Thatcher? All the meats? Yeah, I was, I was w- starting to watch that video when you called me. <laughs> uh, Testriker says why do you hate me uh, because you remind me of Bill <laughs> Uh Big Mara says while his or her numbers might not be the best I think you're missing the sentiment I definitely feel like the tower could get some revit wait no uh, about the black powder black clover black pepper 
Question, what are your thoughts on one-day soft core notepad dissensions? Starting to read up on some of the newish items of the month, and I think we're at the point where all it'll take is a piece of Boris to fall on a weekend or something. I feel like y'all used to actively design against this possibility, wondering if that's not a concern anymore. Thanks. Well, we, I mean, NS13 was a try, was an attempt to take a huge step away from the possibility of a one-day soft core run. You know, what we don't want is chainable one-day soft core runs, and I don't even really want chainable two-day soft core runs, but I think we're, it's too late. Um, actually, I have no idea if that's, if that's really that plausible now. I haven't paid much attention. Um, yeah, you know, we did it to, we did NS13 to buy us a bunch of time before we ended up in, you know, what we knew would inevitably turn out to be the same spot again. And, you know, whatever. Uh, Arundel says, Dear Jick and Skullchula clan, thank you for making so many podcasts. I spend much of my week in a van going from one end of creation to another. Your podcast in conjunction with my earbuds ensure that I can be both amused and safe from the inane prattle of my coworkers blathering on about their cats, kids, and spouses. Yeah, see, instead you get us blathering on about our cats, kids, and spouses. I can never thank you guys enough for that luxury in my days. Uh, set of questions as well. How many minions or employees does Asymmetric have? Offhand, I can count Jick, Scully, Riff, Hot Stuff, CD Moyer, and Server Ninja, whose name escapes me. How many am I missing? Uh, there are, what do we, I don't remember. There's, there's customer service in there. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then there's, uh, there's, uh, three guys on the, on the B team, uh, working on, working on word realms. And so, yeah, that's how many. Um, and then, you know, the part-time. The moderator folks. Yeah. Yeah. Elfrey and Werebear part-time. Uh, and Jeff as the server guy. He is a ninja. Also, if one was to send a Christmas card slash present to Asymmetric, what would be a proper mailing address? Well, our uh, P.O. Box, same for donating, is P.O. Box 41774, Mesa, Arizona, 85274. And uh, I, need to, I need to do this on, the, on a show when I'm actually at the office, but I've gotten some cool uh, Christmas cardy kind of things in the mail that I want to thank people for personally when I can see their names. I was going to put them in the case, but Riff's uh, Riff's collection of stuff has overflowed all available surfaces yeah. to the point where you can no longer open that case. Riff had a big shelf collapse, and I think he just liked everything where it landed. <laughs> and I think he just left it there. Well, he's all about uh, decorating with entropy. Mr. Scullet, let's get off this horse and go ride a fish to delicious sushi town. Let's save a horse and ride... A cowboy. All right. Good night, everybody.